Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means shaking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your own reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here and welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm just in the car on the way, but don't worry, I'm not driving. I'm in the car on the way back from uh, a really, really amazing evening. Uh, I just interviewed Julian Dunkerton and he's the co-founder of Superdry. Um, he doesn't really like talking about his net worth, but he doesn't mind me saying that he's worth um, nearly half a billion pounds. Uh, and... We did the interview and he was opening his new bar, uh, Gin and Juice, and he invited me to go down. Now, I don't drink, so I'm a bit of a boring night out, um, but we didn't get this part on audio, but I just wanted to talk to you about it a bit before we start the podcast. So, um, Julian Dunkerton, co-founder of Super Dry, um, huge business, uh, all self-funded uh, he now has many different business ventures. He talks about politics a lot in the podcast. He's very passionate about staying and remaining. He talks about his business journey, how he funded his businesses, how he started his businesses. I took some of the community questions. Um, I read out the names of the people who asked. I want to do that more for you. But a couple of things I just wanted to talk about before this interview was um, what he was telling me as he was showing me around. So he showed me around his bars, which were packed out. Uh, and he showed me in a new hotel he's building which wasn't quite finished it's going to be finished in a few days didn't look like it was ready but he said it'd, it'd be done and he said that when you walk into a retail outlet a shop a bar it has to make you feel something it has to um, create a mood within you you have to create love you have to make people feel comfortable uh, and he kept saying that over and over and over, make people feel comfortable, make them feel your love and your passion. Um, surprise them with visual elements. So there was some pictures on the ceiling and there was sort of the wrong way round and there was all these details in the in the chairs and the walls and these, all these boutique, unique elements that had been bought, like mirrors, all one-offs. And uh, he very much had that attitude towards building his brands. He actually founded Cult Clothing, uh, and he does he does fashion and products and brands very different to everyone else. Um, he's invited me back down and has given me his uh, suite to stay at with my wife, which is pretty exciting. Um, and they cooked us Chateaubriand steak afterwards. So uh, really, really fantastic experience. I just sort of wanted to capture that on the way back. So anyway, that's enough from me. Here is the interview with the co-founder of Super Dry, Julian Dunkerton. So what are we talking about? I have absolutely no idea. Are we talking about gin and juice? Are we talking about everything? Yeah, but why don't we do a bit of everything if you're all right with that? <laughs> but yeah, fine. Yeah. Julian, if um, you want to say, I don't want to talk about anything, which yeah. is a quick yeah, Rob's I mean, no, I'm painting, you're going to edit it, aren't you? It's not going to be a flat, oh, free flow, is it? Yeah, we do free flow. Oh, is it? We oh, do, yeah. yeah. 
Okay, yeah. so I'll just get into a relaxed position. We're going to chat for ages. Yeah. Yeah. Because it gave you an opportunity to talk about gin and juice. Because yeah, yeah, it's like, great. most yeah. people go, yeah. oh, I want to hear about super dry. I want to I hear know. about this. You know, I, I said to Rob, is it okay that we talk about gin and juice while you love charming and all that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is, is yeah. a great opportunity. Okay. Going out on Qantas business. Yes. Uh, it's great. All right. Very good. Very good. a little part-time hobby thing. Yeah, wonderful. Legs. Yeah, how did you fall into that? Uh, well, because I was just saying, we were talking about before, like, I'm in property and okay. I, I, I retired at 27. Brilliant. Um, and hated it. <laughs> and then I started again and then retired at 32 and I hated it. There's no retirement. Fuck it up. I'll be going when I'm about 95. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've come to that way now. Yeah. Um, but yeah three, embrace it. Make, you yeah. Know, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, do? At least you can Creative. say you were in a position to, yeah. I suppose, or you had the choice. But So I've written a few books, and um, I wrote a book three years ago, and I got quite into the book, and then after I wrote it, I was bored again. <laughs> so we just started doing this podcast, didn't we? Yeah, brilliant. Um, podcasting's got like quite a big thing now. Yeah. Because if you yeah, think yeah, about yeah, radio, you have to sit and wait for two hours for your favourite mm. song or, or who you want to listen to. Mm. Go sit through all the ads. Mm. Whereas a podcast, you just get your phone, you do that, you listen on demand. Yeah. yeah. So people can scroll through, they'll see your name. Oh, I'd love yeah, to yeah, listen yeah. to that one. Yeah. People listen on two times speed now yeah. as well. <laughs> so they'd be yeah. fast forwarding your voice. And just, this, <laughs> oh, that's boring now. I don't want to hear about that. This not going to have a podcast on it, is it? <laughs> no, it's a world that, when that you, you know, patently I'm relying on other people. I thought you were joking. I used to play Snake on that. Yeah. <laughs> I've never played Snake. No. Yes. Everyone says that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, I, I must play really Iron Man. Anything I've never done on yeah. it. The whole angle is Rob talks to entrepreneurs. So yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Great. I showed you yeah. the list of this. You've got some amazing yeah. things out there. Like we three uh, a few weeks ago, we came here and interviewed Dom Jolly. Okay, yeah, yeah, we were yeah. down there. Uh, of course, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, and yeah. he just got really drunk and we just chatted for ages and I accidentally spilled water all over him, didn't I? So, <laughs> yeah. so should we um, get... Yeah, yeah um, you're Just good? make sure I look all right. Can you look yeah, through well, or which one, whichever one? And yeah, you can uh, yeah. Do you want, do you want me to move? Do you want me to put this on the, fl on the floor? Would that be better? That's all right. Yeah, I hope you <laughs> won't spill it again. This is nice. This is a good room. This is a good room. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, Julian, thanks a lot for doing the interview. Real pleasure. We are in one of your establishments. We are, yeah. yeah. One that's undergoing a great deal of change at the moment. Do you want to talk to us about this place? Yeah, so uh, so this is 131. Um, and I think, God, how long have I ended it? Um, probably about five years ago, I think, four or five years ago. It was a kind of office building. Um, and and, and um, I love Cheltenham, so yeah. I... I, I uh, and I was looking, I live just outside Cheltenham. I've lived here for 30 years. Mm. Absolutely love it. Um, Cheltenham's been very good to me, um, and um, and I <laughs> there was just a property here, and I had a, a couple of pubs by then, and and sort of hotelly pubs, and uh, this was a this was a vacant office building that was I think it was empty for ten years or something like that. Right. Um, and so I thought I'd give it some love and turn it into something that Cheltenham would be proud of. Yeah. And um, and now uh, a few years later we are trebling the size of it in in the next. <laughs> So we're, we're uh, sort of doubling the size of it on Saturday um, and trebling the size of it by November the 1st. So right. as soon as they finish there, they're moving next door. Yeah. Um, so it's a series of three beautiful Regency buildings in the centre of Cheltenham and, 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 and really quite a special, you know, I, I think it's quite unique in, um, you know, in, in the hotel world mm. uh, to have something like this outside of London 
you know you'd expect it more kind of new york or london or something yeah. like that and so it's, you know it's a, it's a pleasure to bring something so beautiful back to life and mm. and you know make it work yeah um, and what's the concept of the because it it seems, seems to be sort of quite bar mi it's always, mini hotel <laughs> very uh, cozy uh, feel uh, uh, yeah so it's it's uh it's, it's kind of relaxed you know there are the old school hotels the, the great classics but then there's a new wave of hotels which probably started really in new york and then and then sort of came over here and and they're you know as upmarket as as they need to be so they're they're, they're still brilliant quality but yeah. they're just more relaxed and that you know that they have probably more vibrant bar life and mm. uh the, f the food is sort of less formal still brilliant but slightly less formal so yeah. so you know, you've just ordered you, your yeah. La Chateau Briand. <laughs> oh, good. At half past six. So <laughs> good, we're good. quite excited about yeah, that. Yeah, you should enjoy that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it'll probably be 40 day aged, beautiful yeah. beef that's, you know, sat in the, sat around the corner. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, I've got into this industry and, and, and I enjoy it. It's a bit like retail. So I'm a retailer by quite nature. So yeah. it's dealing with the public, it's understanding physical space, mm. it's aesthetically important. That to be exciting as you go around the corner you've got to be aesthetically sort of enthused that you're there and and you know life should be a joy really mm. and um and, and so i like doing sort of positive creative things yeah, yeah. And how is uh, this specific niche of business different to retail of, of course there's many similarities but how's uh, it different yeah, it's, it's, a, it's very similar in that um you know i mean obviously it, it's a different product but essentially, you are delivering to. It's a, it's not an exclusive demographic, so it's quite broad, yeah. uh, accessible. It's quite an accessible concept. Um, so whether you're just drinking at the bar or you're staying in a hotel or whatever, it's not so expensive that you can't. But it's 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 premium, but it's mm. not ridiculously expensive. Um, so it's quite democratic, if you like. And 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 then, it, like I say, it's about it's about space. It's about um, how you feel. So if you walk into a store, you know, I'm quite proud of the fact that you walked into a super dry store and, you know, they would be exciting everywhere. You know, it was worked on a premise that, you know, you go around the corner and it would be visually exciting. So everywhere you go, be visually different. And that was very important on that retail journey. Yeah. Um, so that's as important as the product itself, is it? Well, you've got to be excited by the product. You know, you've got to enjoy getting to the product. And of course, the product then has to go on a journey on itself and, and then you take it away and then it has to deliver. So don't think the food here isn't brilliant because it is brilliant. And, and you know, everything we do, we try and be the best that, that is humanly possible. So, mm. but, and you're taking your ideas from around the world and, you know, making sure that you are as good as you can be. Yeah. Uh, and better than anybody else around you, for sure. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that so, is, that's very important. That you've right. you know you've you've got to be the best in your environment. That is for mm. sure. And how do you manage being the best with obviously the costs that must come associated with converting Regency buildings? And how, how do you balance that trade-off between premium uh, and price? I suppose very busy barns. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you, and you'll see that tonight. You're, yeah. you, you know we're opening uh, gin and juice bar tonight, which is a sort of collaboration. Um, I almost want to start drinking again. I'm uh, drunk for like. Oh, yes. oh, that's no. terrible. No, yes. Alcohol is one of the great loves of. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you've got to enjoy a yeah. good, 
good drink. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you'll see. They're very. It's a, it'll be a very busy environment, mm. you know, and and that's important. Yeah. Um, not stuffy, not formalised. It's kind of relaxed and and busy. Mm. Were you someone who's driven by numbers, or are you someone that's driven by? Um, how your products uh, services make people it's feel. It's both. So you yeah. have to deliver the best product humanly possible, but equally, if you don't understand your numbers, you're not going to get very far. Mm. So, you know, uh, in my long <laughs> retail history, because yeah. I started when I was 19, and you can probably work out how old I am, <laughs> you know, it's been a long journey of, of you know, what I've done. And every year for that length, I have increased sales and increased profitability yeah. on a consistent basis right. over you know, whatever fashions in fashion and whatever's, you know, yeah. you, you've got to understand numbers. And how have you managed to maintain that in a space like retail or when you were in retail, which was just seems to be, the high street just seemed to be getting harder and harder to do that? Look, you've just got to follow con the consumer. You know, I mean, if we take the rag trade, clothing business, uh, you know, the same amount of clothes are being bought. They might be moving channels. Right. But the same amount of clothes are being bought, and either you're part of that journey with the consumer, or you're not. So you have to keep your eye on where they are going. Mm. And I think people become, you know, particularly in the in the fashion world, they get a bit caught in a moment in time. So if you think of the length of time I've been in it, I mean, you know, gone through the goss period, gone through the second-hand Levi period, yeah, you know, the, you know, all those sort of different stages, the yeah. rave deal. And people get caught in a particular moment and they think they've cracked the secret formula of making money. And they have for a moment in time. Yeah. But what they forget is the customer is going to keep moving and you've got to keep moving with them. And, and that's, that's the most important thing right. of all. Yeah. So, you know, so it's, all, it's not about you. Uh, I mean, you've, you've got to put yourself in somebody else's shoes on a constant basis. Yeah. So you're more about creating products that people want rather than designs and products that you come from you? No, it's a combination of the two. So yeah. I love wearing our products historically. Mm. I've always worn our products. Um, but, but equally, you've, you've got to understand the process of thought of what the consumer is going through you know touching something how does it feel when you put it on how do you feel in it is it brilliant is it as good a quality is it tailored as it should be you know it's very easy to make clothes but can you really make good clothes and can they be the best in their group you know i think that's what we've done consistently yeah. over over a long period of time just kept getting better and better and better in in with the products that we're making and how when you get as big and as successful as you and your brand, do you stay in touch with what people want? Because I can imagine it's quite easy to be a bit up there in the clouds. How do you stay connected to your consumers? Uh, um, well, the thing is not to get caught in the clouds and stay grounded and always remember that, you know, you, you're here to serve. You're here to serve. That's, yeah. that, and, like, and the moment you forget that, you give up because you, this isn't the industry for you. Mm. Um, I, I think if you become self-indulgent or you, you know, start thinking in isolation, you're going to get it wrong. Yeah. And, you know, I'm in, I, you know, publicly I'm in a battle at the moment with, with, um, I'm trying to go back into Superdry as we speak. And, um, when do you want to go back in? 
Um, the reality is they've made strategic decisions that have been completely wrong and they've been non-consumer-led decisions. They've been very self-indulgent decisions. Right. They've made decisions isolated in an office that all sound good on paper, but the reality is if you follow the, what, what then happens to the consumer experience, it's a deflated one compared to what, what historically we've done, which is really always thinking about the, the consumer and the retail environment and the product and then making the back of house really be subservient to that. And I think what they've unfortunately done is focused on trying to save money, being efficient, doing all those things that are over here and nothing to do with the consumer. Right. And it's, it's the wrong way to go about a consumer-led business. Yeah. You know. And how long have you been out? A year. Oh, so not too long. No, no. Plenty of life left of me yeah. to go and sort it out. <laughs> so whatever plans you had to be out didn't last very long. Well, I, I, I left because of a strategic difference in opinion. Yeah. And I, I couldn't put my name to what I knew would go wrong. And, it, you know, I've been proved to be, to be right. Mm. Um, which is kind of sad, but, you know, it's there for, you know, I will go back and I will, I will sort it out. Yeah. Um, How do you stay, like I know I said, you know, don't, I think you used the word self-indulgent, but how do you actually work out what the consumers want? Because that's got to be a bit of the magic sauce, hasn't it? Yeah, look, I mean... I, I mean is work, it talking to work, them? Is it focus no, groups? Is no, no, it no, 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 none of that. No, it's an Sorry for sharing my No, I, I mean, industry, you've but. got to be well-travelled and you've got to watch and listen, listen and watch. And, so, you know, it's a lot of observation. Mm. Um, and... and um, and understand your industry. I mean, you've got to understand it completely. You've got to understand what everyone else is doing in your industry. Yeah. To know, you know, then you know, oh, well, that style of product is selling at the moment because they're doing really well with it. Mm. And, you, you know, and then you kind of work out, all right, there's a shift. It's, you know, maybe long coats are becoming short or whatever. Yeah. Uh, they're all buying orange this season or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and... And, and you, you get to understand it. You, you just keep watching. Um, actually, it's a very sensible, logical industry. People get too excited about it and think it's think it's a, a dark art. It's not. You know, the, the the fashion that you read about in the papers. It, look, it's not, it's not real fashion. You know, when you when you sort of flick the the glossies or see the catwalks, that's not the reality. Mm. The reality is the the, the public you know, on the street, and what are they doing? Mm. That's, that's what the industry is really about. Yeah. Um, mm. so, so you've got to know what, the, what they're wearing in Tokyo. You've got to know what they're right. wearing in Korea. You've got to know what they're wearing in New York. You know, you've got to know those things. That can't be a surprise to you. Yeah, and if I might... Oh, no, that's travelling. <laughs> I might be so bold as to say, yeah. how do you find that out quickly when you have a really old phone like that? <laughs> <laughs> how did you get that? I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, well, can we get a yeah, yeah you could have a close-up. There it is. There it is. A thing of beauty. Now, <laughs> I'll tell you what, this is very, very important, actually, because what this does is allow your brain to be pure. Mm. So I'm able to think in a way that people have sort of lost the art of, of not contemplating, but, but kind of watching. Yeah. They're so in the moment of responding, responding, responding. Yes. They've forgotten the art of thinking. And actually... You know, it's been an advantage to not. I mean, it's not like I don't understand it. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, Superdry has 
probably been one of the fastest growing and biggest percentages of of internet participation mm. in the industry. But but that's through watching it, not mm. through participating in it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Mm. I write a lot of books and um, I always used to think that um, ideas and creativity, you know, came from inside your brain. And um, I remember one of my mentors, he said to me, it's the other way around. You get the ideas when you empty your brain. That's why you get them in the shower. That's why you get them yeah, in the car yeah, yeah, because yeah. your conscious faculties have been <laughs> yeah. removed. Yes. Because I always used yeah. to think it was very serendipitous. You get the, the ideas in the shower, in the car, on the walk. But then you look at all the great sages, designers. Yeah. They get their ideas in the bath, in the shower, yeah. in the car, and on yeah. a walk. Yeah. So I, I, I know I was a bit flippant, but I, I figured there would be something yeah, yeah. behind that. Um, and, and I think I drive people mad because I'll be sat in a car journey and I'll probably be very quiet and they go, what's he thinking or whatever? And, yeah. I, and I'm just off calculating, you know, the next move or, or what, how the market's moving or, or what's happening. Um, yeah. So, yes, those and, moments of, of, of peace and, mm. you know, they're, they're, they're important. Mm. And must feel great not to be interrupted every 17 milliseconds. Yeah, and, and responding to things that are probably irrelevant. Yes. Uh, and irrational. And actually, you know, I still get emails, but I print them off. Yeah. And I deal with them as and when I feel I've got the time to deal with them properly. Mm. Um, and then I get somebody else to do it for me. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> I mean, that helps. Yeah. That does help. Yeah. I've got to be honest. Yeah. I've always had somebody to help me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I suppose like fashion goes through cycles. Yeah. There's a lot of people fighting for um, getting uh, off your phone, charging it by the bed, having this downtime. I mean, I, my, you know, like if with my kids, they're four and eight. They're they're on that iPad a bit too long, and they're yeah, just yes, instantly yes. addicted yeah, to yes, it. Yeah, yeah. And it is yeah. a bit of a slippery slope. Yeah. It, and it's hard to manage that. Yeah. And, you know, that, that next generation, of course, is, is different. Mm. Um, no, we're, we're, you know, as parents, as I'm, you know, very much going to be over, overseeing that and, mm. and w watching that for sure. Yeah. And making sure that you do things that they're not involved at all. Mm. Mm. How did you get into retail in the first place? Do you know what? I, um, reality so you said is, 19. I, did, I, didn't, I didn't know what else to do. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I was in Herefordshire at that point and um, I went travelling. I, I, uh, I left school with three very bad grades, A-level grades. Thought Seems I was going to be, be a, gonna be a successful oh, entrepreneur, I, 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 think it, I think it is. The panic of, oh, gonna, oh I've got to sort this out now. Yeah. Um, so I, I left with three E's, which are passes. <laughs> but in physics, chemistry, I mean, it was physics, chemistry and biology. I mean, it was the worst two years of my life. And uh, realised I wasn't going to be a doctor. Well, I, I knew that kind of one day into the course, I think. I didn't dare change. But uh, I went travelling or earned some money in, in just did crap jobs and then earned money and then travelled for about five, six months. And in that period, had a time to sort of contemplate what I could do. Mm. And I, you know, I had I'd done a few little entrepreneurial things in my past. And 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 the reality, I saw this. I was in Turkey, and I saw this um, market, and I, you know, the bazaar in Istanbul. And I got very excited by it and the, that kind of retail commerce. And there were, you know, there was a lot of clothing being sold there. 
and and I was brought up. I'm a Londoner, uh, and I left London when I was sort of 14 or 15. But I always had worn clothes that, you know, in those days it was Kensington Market or Robot or those great places to go shopping. Mm. And, and, and people in Herefordshire didn't have them. So I was like a classic immigrant kind of deal where you're sort of in a, in a place that you're not, you know, you're not from. Yeah. And you realise there's a gap and you bring that gap to fill, fill it. Mm. And, and I did, and I, was, I just found I was good at it at 19. I knew what, what, they want, what the public wanted. Mm. Um, and I was, always, I, like, I was never the, the coolest. <laughs> I was probably the second coolest. <laughs> so I had a commercial, I always made sure that it was safe before I jumped in with my Winkle Biggers or my yeah. Brothel Creepers or whatever it was. And, uh, and actually, as a retailer, that's a good place to be because you, mm. you, you can less, be... A bit less risky, I suppose. Well, you know, you could be at the front, but, you, you know, you're not at the pinnacle. Yeah. Uh, which is probably happening in Tokyo or somewhere else. Um, so, you know, but, it, but, wherever, but wherever I am, I sort of am at the pinnacle. Yeah. But, but the reality is, of course, you're, you're watching other things happening at all times. Mm. And, and you know the the principle of taking something and and bringing it, you know. So if you're in Monmouth and there isn't a pizza restaurant, well, probably it's a good idea to open a pizza restaurant. Mm. If you know what I mean. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty sensible, logical thing to do to watch what's happening, see what's successful, see what works, work in work out what you're going to enjoy doing, and then something you're passionate about, and then bring it to wherever your wherever the gap is. Mm basic principle of commerce and trade and it, it'll never change mm. and that's always the best way the chances of inventing something are pretty slim the chances of bringing something to some somewhere where it isn't are quite high and quite attainable for anybody entrepreneur mm. well simon woodruff did that with the ocean the sushi didn't he absolutely Totally that. Sam Walton went into all of his stores, all the competitors' stores, to you know keep improving Walmart. Correct. And yeah. you've just got to keep watching, keep getting better, keep keep thinking about the consumer. But you know, if you if you live in, like I say, somewhere, uh, wherever, Monmouth or wherever, and there aren't these gaps, you know, it might be, um, you know, food is an obvious one at the moment. Um, then then that's what you would do. Mm. And when did you have your first shot? When did you... 19. 19? Yeah, yeah. 30 quid a week rent. Right. <laughs> I started on what was called the Enterprise Allowance Scheme, which was a £40 a week grant, which was when you said, uh, you, so you had to go on the dole to get it. Yeah. <laughs> so you went on the dole for 13 weeks or nine weeks or whatever it was, and then you'd come off uh, and go, right, I, I qualify now for my 40 quid a week. And actually, it was brilliant. Yeah. It was uh, the regimented sort of, you know, regularity of it meant I lived off the 40 quid a week and I reinvested every penny I made. Mm. So I borrowed £2,000, I paid it back within six months. Right. Um, and I think I made probably, I mean, students in those days got, got grants and I, and I think, you know, so an average student would probably get about £2,000. And I think at the age of 19, I made the equivalent of £16,000. Wow. Which, you know... It was good. Yeah. From a standing start. How did you not nothing. get overexcited and just go spend all that? 
no, no, I was always terrified I would lose it. So I, I, right. I, I, I've always had a principle of never spending more than that 10% of what I earn. Mm. So I, I... What, out of fear of losing it? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you haven't got anything to fall back on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I had nothing to fall back on. I had to be good at it. So I, you know, I, I hold my... And I, and I loved it. You know, I mean, I mean, to find what you're good at at 19, mm. I mean, that is just unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like if you retired at 27 or whatever it was, you probably did the same thing. You, yeah. you know, well, I found it at 25 uh, and I got a bit lucky in the, the, the rising market and then I got a bit unlucky in the falling market. And, you know, <laughs> we all have our ups and downs. But, yeah, I mean, what would you say to someone who's watching or listening and is still searching for what they love but they weren't 19, they weren't 25, they're 35 or 45 or 55. Well, like, I mean, the reality is, you, you know, you've got to be very conscious of, you know, you might have a family by then or whatever. I mean, the great thing of doing it when you're very young is you've got no responsibilities mm. to anybody. So, no, you know, that's really. all. That's, yeah. but, but in essence, you know, it, it, is, it is hugely doable if you enjoy it. It's a very, it's, it's it's not as, as, as complicated as one imagines. And, um, you know, you do have to sort of put yourself 100% into it and, and live and breathe it and, and think about other people before yourself. But if you've got that it within you, I think if you're quite an altruistic person, then I think, it, you know, it's quite likely you'll succeed. You know, mm. if, you, if you find something that something is that, you know, that, that nobody is doing or you can be better and you can see you can obviously be better you will probably succeed mm. so you just keep looking you just keep looking for what you love yeah. and look for those gaps yeah yeah <laughs> but like i say it's not about people think to get rich or to whatever you have to invent something or or, or come up with some genius idea or, that might be or, a quick or, way to go or, poor <laughs> uh, uh, and actually there's a lot more risk yeah in dyson that. nearly went bust didn't he, he was so uh, close uh, 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 yeah millions and millions and millions in person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's totally, the yeah. success story. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, he's a Brexiteer. Which <laughs> <laughs> um, is another that's story. I'm a bad person. No, it? brilliant. I mean, do you know what? I totally admired his journey. And uh, I, it's, a, it's a great sadness, actually, that he's now shipping his head office elsewhere. And, and, and you know, to say, to say vote out and then physically move your tax domicile out of the country, I think it's, yeah, it's not, it's not the right. I'm quite passionate about Remain and uh, yeah. and the country and, and what it means. My business partner um, is, yeah. yeah, and what it means for the country. Yeah, and you know, I think in life, if, you, if you're positive, and uh, you know, doing things in a collaborative way. So I've always had a lot of partnerships. Mm. People are, you know, sometimes fighting the partnerships. We should look at Europe as a partnership. Yeah, and actually embrace the opportunities that it offers rather than sort of shrinking back mm. into some some right you know rather negative but you know it's very much positive or negative yeah. the, the brexit camp is a very negative thought process mm. and actually will not do this country any favors mm. uh, for many years to come so I'm, I'm i'm very optimistic that we will actually not have a hard Brexit, or, or probably not even a Brexit at all. Um, but anyway, I digressed away from right. <laughs> entrepreneurialism. Yeah. I, you know, I'm very passionate. It's very of the moment. You know, yeah. the super is of the moment, and Brexit of the moment. Um, you know, but I'm, I suppose mm. I'm quite a passionate human being, really. I, yeah. I kind of, you know, 
you've well, got to be positive. With partnerships. And, yeah. I mean, you've got to have suppliers. Yeah. You've got to have it's exporters. All, it's, it's all about that? partnerships. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And how do you maintain really good partnerships? And just before you answer that, because yeah. this is quite um, serendipitous in a way, but um, the person I interviewed before you was Jackie Stewart, who's like a lovely human being. Right. Yeah. yeah. I felt the racing really, driver. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I felt yeah. really privileged to yeah. um, spend the time with him. Yeah. And he said a fifty-year partnership with Rolex. Yeah. He could only say good things. Yes. Uh, he said, if I'm going into yeah. a partnership, I'm going in it for the long yeah, term. It's, it's, and I said, well, what about when you know other people who get the checks waived or the yeah. you know no. If I'm in a partnership, I'm in it for the long, long haul. Yeah. And he said, like, three partners that he's had for 50 years. And I yeah. just, I've, had, I've been with my business partner now 13 years, because like, I only started in business 13 years ago. And, like, I feel fiercely loyal to him. Yeah. And I would want to be in partnership with him till I'm 80 or 90. Yeah, correct. You, you that's, know, something... a, that's a wonderful thing to have with mm. another human being. Totally. And it's all mm. about this human relationship. So I'm the same with my Superdry business partner. Um, I'm, I'm the same with my gin and juice partner. I'm the same with my cider partner. Um, you know, I've got partnerships, and occasionally they don't work. Of course. But yeah. on the whole, what a wonderful thing to do to actually share something and grow something together. Uh, and as long as you've got sort of a, a opposite skills, it's a brilliant, 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 mm. brilliant thing. Um, yeah. And how do you manage partnerships over the long term? Because obviously we're going to have well, clashes and we're all different people. Think, uh, you know, like I say, it's, it's about thinking about other people, isn't it? And, and if you can admire their skills and what they... And, you, and you, you both come at it with a vision of trying to create something. There has to be something creative within that process, I think. If it's just purely money, yeah. it probably you know, might not work so well. But mm. actually, if you're doing something that you're you're trying to create the best cider in the on the planet, or create the best hotel group, or or whatever it is, or best clothing company, um, okay, you, have you know. So James and I have, have uh, you know prior to Superdry, we did so coffee company together. Um, you know, it's like a shared mission. Yeah, of of creating creating something. Right, mm. and that's got. I mean, we sold it a long time ago, but that's gone on. It's all over London now. Yeah, mm. I found with my business partner, it's funny because he's really different to me. Uh, at the time, we had no idea that that was a good thing. Yeah, um, and I, I, to be honest, we didn't really know we were different because that, <laughs> that was when we used to drink, and we thought we were the same because we all were both single and going out drinking. And we, as soon as we realised we were very different, it was like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. And we had a bit of a clash for a while, and I think that it really flourished for me when instead of me trying to change him to be more like me, which is what human beings I think tend to do, yeah. oh, this is my opinion, that's my opinion, we've got to do it like this, started appreciating him for who he was and yeah, his yeah. skills. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so and that, that's exactly it. That's exactly it, is that appreciation, that re that respect, that that two human, you know, it, it's a lot for one human being to create something on their own. Mm. So to have that collaboration um, is, yeah. So, I mean... You know, James and I have never tried to beat each other or tried to compete with each other. Yeah. I think he's the best designer in the world. And I've never met anybody who works so hard and so intuitively and so brilliantly as, as him. So it's a, I, I feel honoured to, to actually yeah. be able to work with him. I mm. mean, it's a brilliant... <laughs> what a lucky find for yeah, me. I mean, <laughs> um, but, you know, there, there are a few. So, you know, we're opening a, a, a gin bar tonight again gone into partnership with a couple well in fact there's four of us involved now but you know it's a couple who who started it um and S steve who uh, um 
um, I've known for 25 years or something. So there's an absolute trust and understanding. He used to supply me clothes. And actually, it's a, you know, it's an evolution. His part of the industry was tough in, in the clothing world so he then shifted into uh first of all coffee which we got involved in and now it's gin yeah he's brilliant at it it i mean they are brilliant at it so um so you know it's that it's that wonderful thing of of knowing somebody of trusting them of enjoying working with them how wonderful is that mm. and actually if you find somebody you, you know you can you can start something together you don't know if if you have that kind of relationship great way to start something together yeah. rather than trying to do it in an isolated way which is you know, quite a lonely space I would imagine yeah I think I speak to a lot of entrepreneurs and they have this vision when they work for themselves they're going to have freedom autonomy <laughs> choice and they realise they're sitting in their bedroom all day no yeah. one keeping them accountable yeah. lonely and yeah, so if you can, can have be. a partner yeah, yeah, and collaboration yeah, brilliant then you get over that yeah, and bouncing ideas yes. is, is, is wonderful yeah yeah, yeah I mean I like people um, many people perceive that I'm pretty good with ideas. I used to be an artist. I'm quite into sort of creative stuff. I'm not good at ideas at all. I'm good at engaging with people and coming up with a shared idea because yeah. I, I yeah. have the seed. They, yeah. you know, put some fertilizer on yeah. it. Yeah. They butcher my idea, but actually yeah. it's better. Yeah. Uh, is fashion a bit like that, or is it just an inspired yes. genius? No, 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 totally collaboratively. So, so I mean, you know, from the inception of, of Superdry. Uh, James and I have worked. I will. I will probably have a, a sort of a commercial view of the world, um, and understand the scale of a, a market or, or whatever, or how to conquer a market. Um, and then, I, uh, but and then we'll go right. Okay, we need this sort of product, and and, and it needs to hit that kind of demographic and be. And, so you're giving uh, him a lot of specifics to work with, by the time. Yeah. Right? But but I can't do anything that he does. Yeah, you know he he from his head then translates <laughs> what I'm thinking, and then and then of course I mean. But the biggest selling product I had nothing to do with whatsoever. So you know, <laughs> I mean, I've got to be realistic. You know I might be good at a washed out polo or something, but he's he created the windsheeter, which I think has sold I don't know four million garments wow. or something like that. Mm. You know, and who would have thought a three zip jacket? would conquer the world Ooh. like that and really defy you know it's, it's probably one of the most defining if not the most defining super dry product yeah and and you know goodness knows yeah. how he came up with that so um yeah but it you know the two of us just seem to work incredibly well together yeah. that and bouncing off ideas and seeing opportunities and yeah mm. Great. So I've got some questions yes, from our listeners. <laughs> yeah. Um, we love to get them involved. Yeah. So yeah. this one's from Vix Munro, and she asks, what's the connection so much with the Japanese styling? Uh, do you know what? Um, Japan, for anybody who's been, is incredibly cool in terms of sort of streetwear and street culture. And we, we went over there thinking, okay, we're gonna gonna find some exciting ideas. What we did was find uh, that the packaging was more exciting than anything else. So actually, the letter styles and the the whole um, you know the the signages the the, the um, was was really really exciting uh, and probably 
more defined as a sort of artistic endeavour than any other packaging in the world. Mm. So you kind of go, okay, well, well this is James again, not me. <laughs> How do I incorporate that within clothing? And and so I came up with the name Superdry. And how did you come and up with that? And he came up with the... Because uh, it's, it's, it's very different when it all came out. I remember when it came out. Yeah. I just thought... No, I almost thought like it was, like it was an it was import a, from Japan. It was very different. Look, the world thinks it's Japanese. And it, yeah, it's yeah. great, you know. I mean, it... it, it's, it, it makes it unique. I, I, it makes it unique. Yeah, so uh, how did you come up with Superdry? Um, where, was, did, where did that come from? It was just a random word. Yeah. And, um, we were just trying to think of it and I you know these things log in your mind from years before and you don't know why they log in your mind and then they sort of pop mm. out and were you um, were you more <laughs> utility clothing in the early days and then you became fashion because a lot are like that aren't they no, no. but uh, you know I, I don't know if you know the history but I mean I, I'd built up a business called cult yes I, so, I used to buy my clothes from no, you in Cambridge thank you yeah. thank you <laughs> <laughs> I was so, my first girlfriend so. yeah, we used to go in there um, and and what I did, I, I was completely different to all other retailers and that I would go out and buy products. Yeah. So I would look at a million garments and then buy one, but I'd buy a lot of them and mm. I would buy them across colours. And I, I would, So I'd make it a very um, curated range of products that probably as a combination, nobody else in the country had considered putting together in any way. And I used to travel far afield, you know, New York or wherever to you know, go. You like travelling, do you? Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And, 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 you know, four ideas. Yeah. And, and so I had a different take on the, on the world in terms of how it should be. And I kind of knew how Superdry should fit into that, that, that model. So we very much targeted specific products and then conquered them and made them the best in the world. So rather than the fashion industry, which is like a constant process of just making st stuff, nice things, you would go, right, I'm going to make the best T-shirt in the world with the best graphic. I'm going to make the best polo in the world with the best stripes, the best wash, the best fabric, the best, the best everything, best collar shape, the best. And, and so you end up with a perfect product. Now, when you have a perfect product, that that changes the the whole sort of thought process, mm. um, and and sets you apart from from everybody else who's out there. Yeah. So if you think of the great brands like Burberry, what do you think of? You think of a Mac. Yeah. Well, that Mac has been around for fifty years. If you think of Converse, you think of All Stars. Mm. You know, it's a single product that's kept them them going for fifty years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what Superdry is is a series of products rather than the traditional fashion route uh, and it's in, and incredibly important uh, to think like that to build a, a business and, and you know we really have done something that hasn't been done you know to build a, a billion pound pretty much turnover company in 15 years from scratch you know, I'm not sure it's been done that many times. Mm. So obviously there was some, um, and, and we did it completely differently. How to, did you do that? Well, by, by building up a series of products. So my thought processes were, were already different from everyone else in the industry. And what's their thought process versus yours then? Uh, well, they, they would follow how the industry naturally worked. Um, and, and the industry worked from a retail point of view. Um, by people creating wholesale ranges that are designed a year in advance and you'd buy them and you'd predict how many you'd sell in a season and, and it was actually a very risky model for the retailer. 
What I would do was go to a brand and say, look, I'm thinking about this, this particular product or you're making a brilliant product. I want just that. I'm going to buy an entire production run and I want it now. <laughs> I'm not going to wait. Yeah, uh, you know, and I and I sort of you know changed I changed how it how it was um, how the industry actually worked, mm. um, and I think actually the you know going back to where we are with with um, with Superdry is is just that has been forgotten, mm. and we need to move back to that model. And that, do you think that's been forgotten because of the change of you not being there anymore and other people not understanding that? Yeah. Because it's yeah, quite it's common just, when yeah. founders leave, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. My friend yeah. um, Neville Wright owned Kitty Care, yeah. sold it for a big lump of money. Yeah. He said it was the worst day of his life. <laughs> and Morrison's ran it down. Yeah, and yes, course, the, the, he brought it that. back yeah. for... Yeah million quid but yeah. they wouldn't have offered it to him because it would have looked bad yeah. but they, I think they ended up um, selling it for a million quid and they paid 75 for it yeah. um, Ainsco Cranes I, um, my business partner Mark knows the family very well he's bought that back three times sold it they've run it down because they don't know the industry yeah. yeah does it do you feel emotional about watching it, the, the company struggle yeah of course yeah hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm incredibly proud of everything that has been achieved in, in however many years we've been doing it. And of course, you, you want that to keep going. And the, look, don't get me wrong, Superdry's future is unbelievable because it, it, you know, it, it just is a brand that can accommodate so many different product areas. Um, so the, it's a very exciting place it's going to go to next just got to get on that journey again mm. and it's a creative journey it's a generous journey it's about being good it's yeah. about being better than mm. anybody else not being the same as anybody else mm. not not and and being in tune with your consumer that's it mm. it's not it's not difficult as long as you're but then yeah. simple not simple isn't it because yeah, well, everything's yeah. not difficult when you break it down to its elements but you know you know this and others don't otherwise everyone would be like super dry <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, 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 you I, must have I, a sense of. I, you know. I think the reality is because I sort of um, I'm self-taught. You don't come with the, uh, you know, the the assumption that you have to go in to learn something before you. You know, I am self-taught. I literally went off, bought a my own curation of product, brought it back to Hereford at the time, and uh, and and made it work. Mm. You know, and learned by my mistakes. Um, there were not many other people probably going through that process. They would go, how does the industry work? Well, I'm going to slot into the industry norm. Yeah. Um, which is a different mentality. Mm. On that note, just a quick yeah. one from me. Are you a reader of books, business books, other yes. entrepreneurs? Yeah, you yeah, have I, to love study? yeah. I love them. And newspapers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when everyone else was... I mean, I'm quite disciplined. Mm. So when everyone else was sort of reading sports pages or watching footy... I mean, I didn't watch a football game until I was 30-something... I read every political, you know, every, I would read probably four or five newspapers uh, if, if I had the time. Yeah. You know, if I was on an airplane or whatever, I mean, I, I would literally buy every single newspaper, but I wouldn't read the sports bit. I'd read the business bit yeah. and the politics. And that, then you would know when the property market was going to crash because you kind of got a very broad... Uh, view on, on, on the whole thing so it didn't need to be about my industry it was just about the world yeah. and actually that's, that's, that's been very useful I think to, to kind of have a pretty good understanding of what's going on mm. 
so that when somebody tries to put your rates bill up, you understand why or what or what can be done about it or because you've been reading quietly in the yeah. corner, you know. Mm. Anyway, right. Carry on with the questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be here all night. Yes, sir. That in a way. Okay, so this is from Rick Eckley. Um, how did you uh, finance the growth phases of your business? Do you know what? I uh, have been self-funding the whole time. I literally, uh, I've been so paranoid that, um, that I, I, I never spent the money that I made. Yeah. So I, you know, buy something, sell it, make a profit, keep it, buy more, and just kept going. Yeah. And um, so self-funded the entire journey. And then when you've sold businesses, um, how many of you sold businesses? You sold so, Soho, you said? Uh, yeah, Soho. I started a company called Massive Records back in rave times. Yeah. Um, sold that? Sold that. Yeah. Uh, and, then you, and then you keep most of that money and just... Yeah, re- I mean, you know, compared to the, my core business, yeah. I mean, they're, 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 they're much smaller. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, clothing is what I've really done all my mm. life. I suppose, obviously, if you self-fund, then you're not giving half or two thirds of the money away. I'm, I'm, I know a lot of people wouldn't admit this, but I stand by people who I admire and I'm good friends with Gerald Ratner, who I re- really admire. And he only ended up having about 3% of his company in the end, yeah. just kept chucking shares away all left, right and center to try and grow it. Yeah. Um, and that's obviously something you've not done. No, um, so apart from floating. Mm. So that was the only time that, that uh, and, and did floating changed. really help the, the growth? Yeah, so what floating did was give it the next level of structure to go on the next part of the journey. And at what point in the um, that what was two, size? That was 2010, I think. At that point, uh, we were probably making about, I think we were just about to, to make about 25 million profit. Yeah. Something like that. Right. Yeah. So what was the, what would the turnover be on that? Uh, in those days, yeah, a couple of hundred million. Yeah. And then how, did the culture change a lot when you floated? Um, <laughs> squeaking away. Um, not, 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 not massively. We can edit the squeaks. It was, it was like, I mean, obviously you had to have a board. Yeah. So that was new. But I, I, I really embrace intellectually new experiences. Mm-hmm. So I'm not frightened by that at all. Yeah. Um, and and you know pushing forward is, is something I really enjoy doing. So so yeah, moving moving into a different world and understanding a different world was was actually quite a pleasure. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. Great. We'll get through a, a few more of these. <laughs> um, so Ali Grant has asked, "What's the best route to half a billion net worth?" <laughs> stay stay pure. Um, you know. Like I say, just, just, just. I think don't be greedy. I think I think there are a lot of pitfalls along the way. But if you if you are diligent, you work hard, you be the best in your industry, you create the best product, and you constantly think about other people, whether it's your supplier, your staff, or your consumer. You're the last person in the room because if you look after all them, you'll be looked after anyway. Mm. And that's a good way of thinking, because if you start thinking about yourself, you'll 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 make mistakes. And people yeah. get greedy, and they, 
you know, they spend more than they earn or they, you know, they think they've made a load of money and they go and buy a flashy car and then they haven't really made it. So when they need it, they haven't got it. Yeah. And, you know, I always had the backup. So when fashion, you know, obviously goes through cycles and changes massively. Um, so I was able to to rise every time because I always had the financial backup to keep going. Mm. Um, so don't don't spend <laughs> more than ten percent of what you earn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's it. Worth I mean, me. <laughs> yeah, and that money compounds as well, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And 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 try not to take on debt. Mortgage yeah. debt is okay. And property, of course. Yeah, that's a different kind of debt. Yeah, if it's serviced by income. Correct. Yeah. But um, but any other kind of debt is is you know trade debt is quite difficult. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Um, do you have any mentors or people who have inspired you? Um, so I do read a lot of books on, on, on you know entrepreneurial autobiographies and yeah. so on. And actually, we were talking about Dyson earlier. I think his story is incredible. Mm. Um, you know, there, there are obvious people. I think probably Apple yeah. is is um, Steve Jobs is probably the ultimate. And and bizarrely, I, um, you know, my relationship with James and his relationship with Johnny Ives is, you know probably quite similar they go and lock themselves mm. away and go create the world of the future you know yeah. um, um, so uh, you know, not that I'm uh, you know I'm not in his league patently and or his intellect but but um, I absolutely admire what he what he achieved I mm. mean he really was thinking about the consumer and and if you really understand you know the money for him was a secondary part of the whole yeah. process it really was it seems to you be know. this paradox, so to just jump yeah, in, yeah, but, yeah. you know, if money isn't the main driver, you seem to be more free to make a lot of it. That's a paradox that people it, struggle with, it, isn't it? It, it, is an odd, it is an odd thing, but it's very true. Mm. So if you, if you really, you know, he went and just made the best product in its space by a million miles yeah. and was thinking about how exciting it would be for, for somebody to be able to change their world with that technology... Um, you know that was the that was the overriding thing for him, and then of course it it sold. Peyton, you've got to be calculating that you can make money and you're making a margin, and it's you know all the all the necessary things in business, but it's not the driving force. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a few little quick fires. Yeah. And, and then yeah. we're done. Okay. Good. And what time did we order the steak for? I think it was half <laughs> six. So you've got three. Oh, you've got three minutes. Uh, no, I'd have stayed here all night, but um, <laughs> yeah, right, great. So um, a couple of these questions aren't very good, I don't think, because I wrote them, but they normally get good answers. So <laughs> bear with me. Okay. Um, best moment in your career and worst moment in your career. Um, so best moment in my career. Um, I think James saying he'd come and work with me. Um, Did you try for ages to get? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had to take him on a on a, on, a, on, a, on the coffee journey to get him back into the into the clothing industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so actually, just yeah, working with James, I think, mm. is probably the best moment and the joys that that brings. Yeah. And then um, uh, the worst moment was this time last year realising that the company was about to take the wrong turn yeah. and and being ineffectual at that moment to do something about it and having to wait this long to be able to affect change again. Mm. Um, 
but hopefully that plays out well. Well, I hope it does. Like, it will. It will. Because yeah. you know, if you're determined to achieve something and you know you're right, that's the important thing. Are you right? If there was any ambiguity about what the direction is or the strategic path it should take, um, that would be difficult. Mm. But, but there isn't. It, it's, I think you know, if, you, if your share prices drop by 80% in 12 months, then it probably yeah. <laughs> it's fairly evident that you're on the wrong path. Mm. Okay, thank you. Um, what's the best advice you've ever been given? Uh, for my dad, it's like sh share, share and experience. Do do stuff together. So I, I um, you know, I have equal partnerships. I, I like equal partnerships. So there's not a, um, you know, an overpowering. You know, you do something creatively together. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's. Probably the best. Okay, great. Yeah. And then the worst advice you've ever been given? <laughs> uh, the worst advice I've been given? Oh, um, I, I or maybe advice that's chucked around that you think that's nonsense. Um, even if it wasn't you. Oh, um, me. Um, I, I literally can't think. I'm, I'm sure there's tons, yeah. but at a second, yeah. Someone actually said to me once, "Well, I don't listen to bad advice, so I can't remember." <laughs> yeah, so well, I, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll take it's that. It's an irrelevance. I yeah. mean, I, I don't. You know, I. You listen to advice, but I think in 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 business, you've got to be fairly confident in yourself, mm. and if you are running a business, yeah, I mean, obviously, you'd be stupid not to listen to other people. Or, or understand why somebody's successful or whatever. That, that would be stupid. But equally, if you are reliant on advice, you're probably not cut out for self-employment yeah. in any real growth sense. Sure. Okay, thank you. This is from Tom Bates. Uh, what would you do differently if you started again? Uh, the... <laughs> Um, so what would I do differently? The only, the only thing that's, that's, that's been negative has been the last 12 months while, while the strategy has gone wrong. Mm. So trying to avert that earlier to make sure that that hadn't have happened. Yeah. Um, okay. Great. Uh, we've got three more. Okay. Um, is there one thing in the world that you feel is really wrong or you feel you'd strongly like to change? And I'll say other than Brexit. <laughs> Uh, in the world? Yeah, anything in the world you think... Other than Brexit? Yeah. So Brexit is so important. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything uh, you really believe is wrong? Yes. So I think... Uh, I think um, so I, I, I like I'm a passionate British taxpaying human being. And um, I, I think how we, how we run um, the country is probably not that in in today's world i think you could think differently so i don't think we are clever enough uh in terms of working out how the we don't look at a problem and say how do we affect change what we do is look at what we do and see if we can affect change from so let me put it into into better language so if you want to, we'll bring Brexit back for two seconds. So if we look at the areas that have voted for Brexit, they are, or Trump, they are the disaffected areas of Britain that have been undernourished and underlooked after for a long time. Manufacturing 
left the UK a long time ago. It now represents 10% of our economy. Now, we're at actually in a moment in time, historically, when manufacturing could come back to as, as technology has advanced uh, and we are less reliant on, on cheap manual labour. What we are reliant on is skilled labour force in manufacturing um, with uh, less people and higher tech. We could affect manufacturing back into the UK and re-energise those areas. But you've got to think of why would somebody invest? So you kind of go backwards and say, okay, if I bring tax-free manufacturing to the UK, there is a lot of money slushing around this country, not having a place to invest in. Um, so you look how excited people are with, with crowdfunding or whatever, or, or you know how much, how much money are slushing around pension funds, looking for homes to, to give, deliver a decent return. You could actually, with not costing the exchequer anything because it's such a tiny part of the economy currently, affect that change now. Yeah. Do you ever hear that as a, as a language? So they're not looking at the problem and really holistically thinking as a nation, how do mm. we sort it out? And, and that annoys me. That must be hard in something where you know you've not got a long-term role. In politics, there's not a lot of long-term roles, is there? <laughs> well, I, I, you you know, know, if you're the founder, I'll probably, of a company, be, I'll probably be a useless politician. But I do have, I think, I'm not defending, sensible I'm just, ideas, I just thought, and, yeah. a, uh, and uh, you know, and then and then you kind of go, um, how, how are you going to, uh, you know, sort out the problems of of, of tax and 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 you've got one party that that probably wants to penalise wealthy people and another one that wants to allow people to not pay any tax at all um, in their various ways or they're punishing them in, in kind of irrational ways um, and actually what you again do is go how do I how do I look at the people themselves and say right it's very important that everybody contributes to this country but we can't have them running around moving to Monaco because that's no good mm. to anybody. Mm. We can't have them changing their behaviour. We can't have them stopping buying expensive houses because stamp duty is so ridiculous yeah. that actually we're going to change behaviour in a negative way and our tax take is going to go down just to be seen to be doing the right thing. Mm. That's wrong. Yeah. So what we've got to do is start stop stop doing things in a in a kind of in a little bubble yeah and actually think of the net effect of what we're trying to achieve mm. um the manufacturing one is probably a, a, a better example but yeah. you see what i mean yeah it's a different way of thinking mm. okay thank you um any ambitions you still have big burning ambitions <laughs> Uh, yeah, a lot. I, 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 I would like to think that my business life will continue for forever. Yeah. Uh, I will keep Have growing. Have you watched um, Warren Buffett's Becoming Warren Buffett documentary? No, I haven't, actually. Yeah, because he's still bumbling yeah. along with yeah. a lot of energy doing the same thing yeah. 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 at 88 years yeah. old. Yeah, amazing. Which is great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and not affected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, um, no, so I'd love to think that we could deliver growth and deliver excitement. I mean, life is so exciting in mm. business, isn't it? I mean, yeah, it's the best thing ever, yeah. It's the best thing ever. To, like I say, define what you're good at at 19. Yeah. Oh my goodness me, I mean, how lucky am I? Yeah. So, um, so I, I, you know, I feel blessed 
and, and but but I am like I say I'm a passionate Brit as mm. well and you know trying to affect change in the UK in a sensible way yeah um, would equally be a, a wonderful thing which is why I'm involved in the whole Brexit yeah uh, or the Remain part of 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 the argument because it's so important to the country. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, I, I really feel it's the biggest decision that that this country is going to make, or has potentially made for the last probably seventy years since the yeah. Second World War. With a little, yeah, I mean, so or, or actually even the Iraq. So that, that was the last time I, I shut all my shops. To go to allow my staff to go on the uh, anti-Iraq war march, mm. so you know, I'm, I'm, uh, it cost me a lot of money. Though. Yeah, I bet it. Did. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's the right thing to do, and sometimes yeah. you just got to stand up and do the right thing. Yeah, and I've been I've been horrified that other people who agree in private aren't prepared to put their hand up and say, "I'm going to, you know, support the Remain camp." They are terrified of public opinion. Mm. Um, and I, I think that's a real sadness. Actually. And how do you not be terrified of public opinion? Well, I don't have social media on my phone. No. <laughs> this has just got the questions on this. One, no, no, so, but I yeah. mean, you know, I, no, I, yeah, I, I, so I, I mean, you, if, yeah. if you were, so you, you know, don't prepared, read what they say about you. Then. I don't know. I mean, I just no. don't. I just, you know, if you think you're doing the right thing and, you, and you're going in with an honest heart, I think that's the right thing to do. And I, you know, I think more people should do that. It'd be great if they did. Yeah. But, I, you know, I sort of understand with social media that that's hard. Mm. Okay. So the final question yeah. is, this podcast is called The Disruptive Entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, what does the word disruptive mean to you? Uh, look at a market, understand its weaknesses and do it differently. And there's a lot of, of industries. Um, we're going to go back to Brexit for two seconds <laughs> no, because, because it's about Europe and it's about Britain's place in Europe. Yeah. So we as a nation are very embracing of new ideas and new concepts and, and uh, new technologies and a changing world. And we're probably changing at a much faster rate than we've changed since probably the Industrial Revolution or whatever. The reality is that other countries aren't. So within Europe, the historically large economy of, say, Germany would not be prepared to, to move as quickly as us. So this is our moment in time. So, so you know, talking about Europe and being part of it, this is our moment in time to rise again in a really positive way because we embrace change. Mm. And we're at the forefront of all these new technologies and the new ways of doing business and new thought processes in a way that, that, that probably most of Europe isn't. Yeah. And you can tell that through the food. So if you look at food in this country, food has gone through its massive transition in the last 30 years, being one of the worst foods, you know, worst restaurant uh, food in, in, in Europe, and probably laughed at by, by the rest of the Europe. French, yeah. Particularly the French, quite, quite rightly. Yeah. We've now risen because we've embraced all these other cultures, and we're not frightened to go, do you know what, you are amazing, your culture is amazing, yeah. you're, you're coming in and we're, we're going to absorb your culture, and we're going to absorb everything that you've got to offer and we're going to embrace it and incorporate it into our into our lives mm. if you go to say germany or france they haven't moved on for probably 50 years mm. that shows 
the mentality of the British nation. And mm. I'm excited by that. And I'm excited by the, the opportunities for Britain with that. Mm. And the fact that we're not actually going to take advantage of it, potentially, is, is a great sadness. Mm. I mean, could be a great sadness. Because the economic upturn of actually achieving that potential is huge. Mm. So, I know you don't do social media, but what um, we always have a good, nice plug from the guests at the end. So, you know, what, what ventures are you doing? What's, do you, I mean, I know Julian doesn't do social media, but do you do social media? And what should we shout out? We want to talk about gin and juice, which is everything. <laughs> yes, I'm here to talk about yeah. Sorry. I gave you loads of chances. Oh, I'm sorry, yes, yeah, so, so, yeah. Do you know your next interview, uh, they're gonna ban you from talking about Brexit. Yeah, 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 yeah probably. <laughs> well, you know, it's of, of the moment, isn't it? So, is is that, yeah. Okay, so Gin and Juice is, uh, you know, it's, it's just a brilliant concept. So you will go and have the best delivered product um, and in an environment that you will feel, you will feel warm. You will feel very, very comfortable because most of the industry has been taken over by corporates and as such they don't put the heart and soul back into the back into the to the fabric of, of where you're actually drinking and what the drink should be so you will you will feel the difference mm. and and the passion that Steve and Charlotte put into this business and we can see and you go oh this this is just amazing and this is going to conquer uh, a particular sector of, of, of the drinking world. So, I, I, yeah, I'm really excited. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so there. Can, can anyone <laughs> follow Julian anywhere? Does... No. No. There you so go. So at, at 131. At 131 or The Lucky Onion. Okay. If you look up The Lucky Onion or at 131 on social, yeah. that's the whole team about where Jim Juice is today. Right. And that's his hotel chain in the Cotswolds. So. Okay. Excellent. I just need to say one more thing because this, <laughs> this this is going to be the longest no, no, interview no, ever. We're done. We, we are done. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be bored. Uh, no, edit half no, of it out. No, we won't edit any of it out. Um, I interviewed David Ike uh, quite a long while back, and like literally, <laughs> I didn't even open my mouth, and we were two and a half hours in. <laughs> so you know, yeah. Um, have I hope you, I haven't been boring. Have you watched the? Alexander McQueen documentary. I haven't, no. That, no, no. that moved me like I don't think any documentary yeah. has. Yeah. And obviously you're, you're in fashion. Yeah. And, um, yeah. yeah you no, I, 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 I will watch it, it of yeah. course, yeah. The guy, I mean, yeah. hung himself at 40 years old. It's just... Yeah. But um, what he did was pretty amazing. And it was amazing. Yeah, it made, yeah. Me, it made me want to live like every day is my last and yeah. make sure I make a massive difference on this planet. I turned 40 two days after I watched that as well. So. Yeah. Um, I will. I will watch it. Great. Thank cool. you. <laughs> That's all right. Um, yeah, thanks. Thanks well, a lot. Pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, I hope that I did as well. No, I really enjoyed it. It was great. Yeah. All right. She'll, she'll, ta she'll tell me afterwards. Yeah. Oh, Julian, you've been uh, running no, no, amazing. No. It was good, isn't it? <laughs> I can answer it all for you, but it's good. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's nice that you say you can have an opportunity to talk about what you want, and yeah. today we're here, which is brilliant, because quite often it's like, oh, we only want to talk about super dry, or we only want to talk about... Oh, whatever, super yeah. Super yeah. Um, no, I think we've got a nice mix of all your interests and what you're doing in, so... I've probably missed a few. 
We well, I actually, about the food do you know concept. what? I've got a it, whole food concept. I'll retail the whole park. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm down there. And like, you need to get a salesman in. There's yeah. a whole load of that. I'm terrible. No, I'm, ad- I'm addicted. You come down? Yeah. Yeah, you've got to have yeah. a look. You and, just and, drink, but you can have yeah. non-alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah of course you can. Okay, we'll come so, down. I'll have to tell my driver to wait a little bit. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So yeah. Where do you live? You uh, Peterborough. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's a long but, drive. Kind of, yeah, it is, but <laughs> it's, it's worth it. Yeah, you know, no, no, let's take it. Let's take it. Be great. I was like, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right, we'll come yes. down. We'll eat Brilliant. the steak and come down. Yeah. Great. Yeah, thank you very much. All right, pleasure. Yeah, sure. Do you want to sit down and stood up? Uh, if we can have a stood up, yeah. shaking hands. Here. Oh, blimey, we've got to do handshake. I normally do hugs, but... <laughs> you, do, you can do a hug. Sorry. All right, great. <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah, then. go on. That's better. I'll, I'll stand on my tiptoes so I don't look too short. <laughs> looking at the camera. I really like your jacket, by the way. It's not wrong. No. <laughs> yeah, I have, um, I like give or sheep, and they're okay. similar kind yeah, of yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And the stars, that's their kind of thing at the moment, isn't it? The stars. Uh, yeah, uh, yes, and yeah, they've mm. all got a little something yeah. they're trying to put on. Mm. They're all watching Gucci cane it and go, oh, we've got to put something They're on doing it. well, are they? Gucci, oh my mm. goodness me. Yeah, unbelievable. Mm. Uh, Valentino it, seems to be doing well. Mm. Okay, maybe it's just me buying all their stuff and no one else. <laughs> uh, it's a bit one dimensional, Valentino. So yeah. Gucci's broader, they've been yes. very clever at incorporating um, the same ironically they're thinking about the world in a very similar way to how Superdrive thinks right. about the world yeah. um, and, and, and that's kind of ironic I mean mm. obviously it's a, but they're incredibly successful yeah. um, and you know of, of the luxury group I think they're the, the, the standout right. runaway winners at the moment yeah Hmm? Interesting. Right. Enjoy your stay. Yeah, thanks a lot.